Oh, hey, this is Steph Brown, and you are listening to Trimester Secrets. Today, I'm going to talk about secret number four. You need to advocate for yourself. Um, this is essential. All right, I run a lot of pregnancy groups, and so all the time, you know, people are posting in their questions and things their doctor told them to do or, you know, things that they think they're going to need to do and asking other people's advice or uh, we get a lot of, is this normal? You know, is this symptom normal? Uh, Does anybody else feel this way? Is anyone else's doctor telling them to do this? And I love it. It's so fun um, to have communities where, you know, women can come together and discuss things and learn from each other. Um, And a lot of times it's just, you know, (laughs) if you know someone else is going through the same thing, then for some reason that makes it easier to go through. Um, Or it takes some of that fear away from it because you're like, okay, you know, this is, I had no idea. I was not expecting this, but it's normal. All right, good. I can make it through. Um, But a big thing that I did not expect in starting these groups was seeing how how much different doctors and midwives and all of that give such different advice. And, you know, I've spent the last few years reading a lot about birth and um, pregnancy and um, <laughs> raising kids and, you know, newborn sleep and all of that. I've spent a lot of time uh, reading and um, learning and even taking courses and classes to learn about it. And, you know, one of one of the big things I see is, you know, there's a lot of good research out there and a lot of, you know, what we would call best practices where it's like, okay, you know, this has now been shown over a long period of time that what we were doing in this area um, in the U.S., I'm from the U.S., so what we were doing this er- in this area in the U.S. is not best practice. And, you know, one of the things that got people thinking about this, uh, especially was seeing (laughs) the results and the outcomes of births in the U.S. compared to other countries. And so seeing, okay, we we have a really high C-section rate, you know, 30, over 30%. And then seeing, um, you know, with that, we also are, you know, having... um, more maternal deaths and more negative outcomes with moms and um so it's like okay well let's let's step back and compare this to other countries and um you know correlation is not causation that's for sure and you can't always you know tell exactly what's going on just looking at a few statistics here and there but looking at other countries and seeing how they had um better results, better outcomes for moms and babies compared to our country. And, you know, people started thinking, okay, why? And so they started looking at, you know, little things um, and little reasons why that might be. And then they would step back and look at the big picture. Okay, what's the overall philosophy and how might that be affecting it? And, you know, yes, with that, there's always going to be speculation because you're there are so many different variables. So you're looking at overall philosophy, you're looking at what generations are teaching each other, 
You're looking at birth practices and where people give birth and how people give birth. You're looking at the attitude of it from doctor's perspectives or midwives' perspectives. You're looking at a whole bunch of different uh, things or interventions or common practices that go into that. Um, you know, so there's so many different variables, so many different factors that play into that. But the thing that has struck me <laughs> with running these pregnancy groups is seeing um, when people are telling things that their doctor told them to do or told them is normal and, you know, they just don't question it because they trust their doctor, right? And when I see things that I know are not best practice. I see I see things where I'm like, I have I've done research on that and I've read from other people who have done research and looked at well-documented studies and how that has been proven to be something that is not best practice, that has been proven to be something that comes with all these other risks. And their doctor is just, you know, treating it like it's normal. Oh, well, this is just what we're supposed to do. Um, and it might be something that was normal 20 years ago. And this doctor is still doing it, still saying this is normal or still, oh, yeah, you know, this is just just what we do here. So we're going to keep doing it. And as a result, <laughs> you know, these these moms, they just trust their doctor. And so they do it because their doctor said to do it. Um, but then with that, it's not best practice. So they have a higher risk in other areas. And I've seen this in lots of areas in my pregnancy group. And I just, it struck me, you know, the importance of advocating for yourself, the importance of doing your own research and reading and learning about birth yourself. Um, you know, this is, this event, <laughs> whether this is your first pregnancy or your fifth pregnancy, you know, um, giving birth, this pregnancy and giving birth is going to drastically affect you. It's going to affect your life. Um, no matter what happens, no matter how it plays out, it's going to affect you. Uh, whether you even, you know, even if you do all a ton of research and you know, all, you know, all the things that play into it, or if you just, you know, wait and kind of take it as it comes <laughs> without knowing a lot or just listen to other people. Um, or if you develop strong opinions about what you want to happen and then have things go according to what you plan or not go according to your plan. You know, whatever, whatever that is, it's going to affect you. Um, but thinking about, okay, do you want that to be something that's in someone else's hands? Uh, or do you want that to be something where you are empowered by it and you know more about it? You know what to expect. You know what your body is doing uh, throughout pregnancy. You know what your body is doing during the birthing process. And you know exactly, well, maybe not exactly what's going on. You don't have to <laughs> research in depth um, to know in general what, how your body is reacting, what is going on for each of the stages of labor, um, what are the risks and um, the, pr the pros and cons, what are the potential risks, but also the potential benefits 
of different interventions. Um, and so just thinking about that, it's so important uh, for you to research those things and read yourself. Just a little thing. I was thinking about this, you know, with my first kid, um, <laughs> I, I thought about starting off this episode. All right, we're going to talk about vaginas today. <laughs> um, but I was just thinking about, you know, with my first kid, I'll just give you a little backstory. With my first kid, I didn't really research much about uh, cervical checks and things like that. Um, when I went in for my appointments, you know, my doctor was like, all right, we're going to check and see, you know, if you're dilated or effaced and all that. And those, even those words, I didn't really know, okay, you know, what are they talking about? Um, <laughs> so I just kind of went along with my doctor. And so um, maybe around 36 weeks, she started checking me and, um, and, you know, up until the time that I gave birth, I had multiple, multiple checks. So weekly checks when she's checking me, then I was past my due date. So I started having twice weekly checks. And then when I went in to give birth, you know, they checked a lot of times um, throughout the, uh, you know, let's see, it was probably about uh, eight hours, seven or eight hours that I was in the hospital before actually giving birth. And so they checked a lot of times then. And I just went along with it because it was normal. You know, that's what my doctor said to do. So I assumed that's what you do. Well, then as I was researching later, I found out that those are, those are things <laughs> that one, increase infection rates. And two, um, unless, especially when you're not in active labor, they don't really tell you a lot. You know, someone can be dilated at a three or a four or five for a long time before they even go into labor. And someone else can be not dilated at all. And then a couple hours later, you know, they're back to the hospital because they're in labor or they're calling their midwife asking them, hey, you know, I'm in labor. What do I do? Um, you know, what do you want me to do at this point? And so things can change really quickly. You can go from not being dilated at all to being in active labor. Um, and things can also change really slowly. You can be dilated for a long time and nothing, you know, it doesn't affect anything. You're not going into labor and you can be that way for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, and that was something I had no clue about. I didn't know about with my first kid. So I just went along with what the doctor said. But then when I was doing my own research, then I was like, okay, to me, there's an increased rate of infection by doing all these checks, but the benefits of them, there aren't really that many benefits because they don't tell you a lot. You know, if anything, <laughs> I saw more negatives to, that went along with the potential benefits. So they're like, oh, well, we can tell if you're dilated and you might go into labor soon. And I'm like, well, if you tell me I'm dilated at a four, and then a week goes by, two weeks goes by, three weeks goes by, and I'm still not going into labor, you know, then I'm just more anxious uh, during those weeks and um, more frustrated that I'm not going into birth or anxious that I might go into labor soon when I want to wait longer, you know, either way, um, that can just make me more anxious by knowing that um, that I'm dilated more. Or think about the other way. 
you know, let's say I'm, my due date's coming up and you check, uh, my doctor checks me and she's like, okay, you're not, you're not dilated at all. You're not effaced at all. (laughs) Then that would make me more anxious too, because I'm like, oh no, you know, I'm getting close to my due date and nothing is going on. Is this baby going to stay inside me forever? (laughs) And I could start to get anxious about that. Um, And when you're anxious, when you're worried about something, that affects you physically too. And so anyway, when I was researching all these things, I was like, okay, like for best practices, we know that this particular thing increases risks of infection. And then also for me personally, I know I can see so many scenarios where this would just increase anxiety and stress for a mom. Um, and some places, some doctors are no longer consistently doing that. They're no longer consistently checking because of that information, but lots and lots and lots of doctors are still consistently checking, um, to see if you're dilated, uh, to see if you're effaced consistently week after week. Um, even, you know, starting early on in pregnancy, you know, maybe early in your third trimester, they start consistently checking. And I was like, (laughs) we know, you know, like, are they not up to date on the current research? What is going on here? And anyway, just with all of that, and I don't know if it's a regional thing or what's going on, but when I see, you know, that's just one little thing that I see coming up in my Facebook groups with moms talking about it. And it's one thing that I personally have experienced too, where I just went along with what my doctor said. Um, I didn't know the research for and against it, the pros and cons. I didn't know that until I started looking into it after my first kid was born uh, with my second pregnancy. And so I didn't really have an opinion on it because I hadn't done any research. I didn't know. Uh, And then as I developed an opinion on it, I was like, man, now I'm starting to get, you know, a a pretty strong opinion about this. And now it's just a simple thing. You know, I still, I still see the same doctor and, you know, it's funny because my hospital, like there are a lot of things where people would look at it and they would say, oh, your hospital's doing best practices in a lot of, in all these areas. That's great. You know, that's such a good hospital. Um, and they even, you know, they have midwives at the hospital, um, where you're still at the hospital, but you could have a midwife who, um, is in charge of your birth. And, you know, sometimes midwives can have a slightly different philosophy than doctors. And so some people like that too, but it's like, man, that's awesome that your hospital even provides that. And, you know, they, they're doing a lot of things in my research. I found my hospital is doing a lot of things that line up with best practice, but they're still doing some things that don't. And if I don't read, um, and you know, read a little bit, it's not like I have to do a ton of research, but if I don't read a little bit about, you know, what our best practices, or if I don't know a little bit about what is going on with my body throughout the pregnancy and birthing process, then by default, I just have to trust my doctor and do whatever she says. And the thing is, you have different opinions than your doctor. 
Um, you have different opinions than lots of people around you. You know, uh, the same with the same information and the same facts, you are going to choose a different course of action than someone else, even with the same facts. And that's not because, you know, one of you is right and one of you is wrong. It's no, you're just weighing those facts differently. You're saying, okay, well, these are the pros of doing this and these are the cons. These are the benefits, these are the possible risks. Okay, which would I rather do based on that information? And people are going to choose different things. And so it's so important that you um, become knowledgeable about some of these things throughout your pregnancy. And it's so important then with that, that when you develop an opinion, that you advocate for yourself. You ask your doctor questions or ask your midwife questions. And then um, if you have a strong opinion about something uh, or if something doesn't seem right to you, (laughs) ask questions or ask if you can delay it so that you can research a little bit. Uh, Or tell them, no, you know, I've, I've done my research, I've looked at the pros and cons and this is the course of action I want to take. And talk through that with your medical provider, so that you can just, you know, be on the same page as them. Not not that you have to make the same decisions as them, not that you have to just go along with whatever they say, but communicate with them so they know why you are making a certain decision and advocate for yourself. And if they give you a little pushback, well, you don't need to just say, okay, fine, we'll do it your way. You could say, well, no, I've researched this and this is what, this is the decision I want to make. And then that might let you know, okay, you know, they gave me a little pushback. Maybe this week I'm going to research that a little more and see if that really is what I think. See, you know, if that really is best practice or whatever. Um, But it's so important to advocate for yourself. Um, This is you. (laughs) This is your pregnancy, your body, your birth. Um, So it's your body and this is your child. And so it's so important for you to advocate for yourself. And I would have said that before, but after running pregnancy groups and seeing how um, doctors are saying different things and uh, a lot of doctors are still not lining up with best practice in lots of different areas, I would say it even more strongly. you need to read and research and advocate for yourself. So that's just a big piece of advice that I would give to you. Um, and if you've already had, you know, let's say you already have kids, you already have one or two or three kids. Um, a lot of times people, it takes a negative experience, a negative birth experience for people to start reading and researching and um, advocating for themselves. And, uh, you know, that's completely understandable um, why that would spark that motivation and help you realize, oh my goodness, it's, you know, this did not go as I wanted it to. I need to read and research and (laughs) be ready for the next birth to advocate for myself or, you know, things that you didn't even know were going to happen and you didn't even know what you would choose in certain situations and you realize after the fact, I would have made a completely different decision than my doctor with the same information. And um, so even if, you know, if this is, you've already have kids, I encourage you to advocate for yourself, but especially for those of you who this is, you know, this is your first pregnancy, 
I encourage you to advocate for yourself. Don't wait till you have one of those negative experiences to realize, oh, you know, maybe I should go (laughs) research this or man, I wish this would have, this decision wouldn't have been made or I wish they would have talked this through with me so I would have been more involved in the decision, whatever it is. Um, So that's my encouragement to you. And um, that is a big thing that has changed um, my births. So I have three kids and uh, in each of the births, um, I have, (laughs) uh, you could say I've gotten more and more opinionated, but um, I think I've just gotten also with that more confident about giving birth because I know more what to expect. And I also have a better idea of what I want to happen or what decisions I would make in different scenarios. And that includes even if things completely go, um, you know, against what I would want or a situation arises that is um, unavoidable, but I know better what I would want to happen in those situations too. Uh, just because I've been around it more and, and, you know, I've talked to other, other moms who have been through those situations and I've asked questions, um, and I've learned better how to advocate for myself with my doctor. So, um, and that's, I'd include that whether you are giving birth in a hospital or at home, whether you have a midwife or a doctor, whether you're going to have a doula or not, you know, whatever that is, I still encourage you. Uh, to read and research and advocate for yourself. All right, hope you ladies uh, and if any husbands or boyfriends or guys are listening to this too, hope all of you have an awesome day.